Digital brings you Launch Base. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The world of tech startups reimagined. Build and elevate your idea, product, and company as we take you behind the scenes with successful entrepreneurs, investors, and tech professionals. These mentors showed me a map of success. Learn from inspiring stories, business strategies, and marketing techniques that will take your business to the next level. Are you ready? And now your host, John Radford. Hello and welcome to another episode of LaunchBase. This is the podcast all about tech startups and everything digital product. If you're a startup just starting out on your journey or a corporation looking to be more agile in your product development, we've got you covered. So on today's podcast, we are very lucky to have Gabby Hersham. She's co-founder of Huckletree. Huckletree provides beautiful curated workspaces that are designed for the new world of work. They create each space around a sector or industries that their residents are working alongside the brightest talent. I I personally know Gabby, um, when we started out born um, with one person, i.e. me, uh, it was the very first workspace that we used, a lovely place in Clerkenwell, it was gorgeous, and um, she's just gone from strength to strength from there. So um, Gabby, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You just did the best possible introduction to Huckletree way better than I could have done. So oh, that's nice to hear. <laughs> I usually sort of uh, hand over to people and say, well, sorry for the terrible introduction. Maybe you can do a better one. But um, I, I don't nice think to I hear. can top that. Yeah. Um, well, maybe you could um, try or at least expand upon it and talk us through kind of yourself, um, your journey, a little bit about Huckletree and, you know, what you guys do. With pleasure. So I'll start off with 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 the what. Um, so mm. as you mentioned, we are a workspace accelerator, very specifically focused on the innovation ecosystem. So if you come into our workspaces, you will find businesses um, that span the range from kind of startup, scale up, venture capital, corporate innovation, etc. But but that is kind of our remit because we feel that operating within the innovation ecosystem just makes the community really dynamic and and really um, exciting. Our our buildings are then themed by kind of industry or groups of verticals to again, just hone in on that kind of concept of building, you know, inclusive engaging ecosystems. So we have a venture capital hub, we've got digital lifestyle hubs, we've got challenger tech hubs, we've got a gov tech hub, et cetera. And then once members are, have joined us, we take a really active approach in helping them either um, grow, scale or uh, innovate, depending on where they are, as you mentioned, you know, right the way from um, from startups all the way to corporates. We get really involved. We love meeting the founders. We've got a whole ecosystem of uh, ambassadors, so top kind of uh, founders, operators, and investors from around the world who then we introduce to our members. Um, we introduce our members to our uh, venture capital program to help them uh, close their fundraising rounds. And we've got about 10 other products that kind of sit across um, different ways that we can help them. So, so that's kind of us. We also have an education arm of the business. So we have an accelerator program for underrepresented early stage founders. We have oh. a career accelerator program for the employees within our member businesses to help them upskill. We have an academy to help future founders um, learn how to launch a business over a weekend boot camp. And we've recently just added a sustainability summit, which we're launching this May, um, which will be a one day program all around sustainability. And we've got the most incredible speakers. So, you know, we take a we take a stand, I think, for things that we feel are really important to the industry and to the ecosystem. 
That's amazing. So just calling yourselves a, a, a co-working space is doing you a massive disservice. So um, that's, that's amazing. Uh, a word I picked out of, from your lovely uh, introduction there is, is, is community. Um, a lot of the people that we work with at Born and a lot of the listeners to this podcast are, are likely to be the kind of the startups, typically in the kind of like angel to seed stage um, area. So in terms of that community, what is it that you're, you're seeing and what's important to you guys and what advice and guidance can you offer to those early stage startups? So I think, you know, I, and I always draw back on my lessons from when I was starting Huckletree, which was a while ago, but really before, like there was this explosion of you know, tech and innovation businesses in, right. in the UK and in Ireland. Um, there were definitely a few, but most of my friends at the time when we were leaving university were going into work for big organizations and entrepreneurship wasn't a, a mainstream option for us back then. So I really didn't have um, many resources to help me figure out how to launch Huckletree and how to progress this idea that I had in my head through to launching our first site, which you know in Clerkenwell. Um, fast forward to today and you actually do have so many resources. You know, you've got online resources, you've got accelerator programs, you've got communities and networks. And I just think that for those um, founders, you know, um, first, first time founders, at those very, in those very early days, it couldn't be more important to have a support network around you. One of the things that we did during lockdown, when we suddenly found that we were going from being in our spaces, which can have anywhere up to five, 600 people in there at any given time um, in, in, in any location that are so buzzy and so exciting and with so many exciting entrepreneurs building their businesses to kind of suddenly being at home alone. Uh, for me, just felt very lonely and very silent. So I quickly kind of turned to my network and said, I'm, I'm going to be hosting founders groups, you know, any early stage founders that want to join that are building a kind of tech business, join and we will have like weekly meetings and just be there to help each other with accountability. And that was really um, really well received. So I think, you know, it just, it just reinforced to me how important it is for early stage founders to have a group of people around them that can support them, encourage them, help them um, be a sounding board, etc. And And that for me is just something that we, we mustn't um, underestimate. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's let's talk about your your early st stages. And, and that, you know, from where you were to where you are today is 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 fairly unrecognizable i would say in terms of just amazing growth and the development of your brand itself as well has really kind of come along perhaps you could talk us through that um i know there's so much i know because it was a long time ago and you would have gone through so many different phases of that um but could you give us a snapshot of say potentially um some funding rounds that you've been through challenges that you've faced and things that you've learned growing you know your brand itself definitely so to, to to give some context so we obviously went from our first space uh all the way through to having um seven of our kind of new village which are our multi-member hubs and a handful of uh offices that we operate with with specifically one end user and company most uh in most instances a scale-up business um so so the growth has been you know exciting we've grown tw 2019 was our biggest growth year we actually doubled in size across 2019 we went from um yeah. four to eight spaces unfortunately we pulled out of, of one of them during this the covid period yeah. um we went from four 
four to eight spaces. We went from 40 to 80 team members. Our revenue doubled. So that was a really, really exciting year. And then obviously wow. 2020 um, came and did its thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for me, you know, yes, it has been an exciting growth period. I think we're we're all now gearing up to to, to grow into what we see as um what will be our most exciting growth period but but you know when you take the likes of we work and the kind of notorious stories in our industry actually our growth has been relatively structured and tailored and quite modest in comparison to what to what they've done we've yeah. always wanted to you know focus on the innovation ecosystem focus on the the value add that we can bring and we've always felt that if we scaled too quickly we'd lose that love and that special source that our team put into it and that we all put into it on a daily basis. So yeah. the, the growth hasn't been, um, you know, absolutely mind-blowingly radical, but I think what has been radical for me has been the brand evolution. Mm -hmm. You'll remember the early days of Tree. The website looked incredibly different and we've gone through several iterations and, and I say the website, but actually it speaks to everything about who we are as a business. Yeah, and that I evolution... love the new brand, I have to say, that and what you, the way that you speak and the way, the way that you're communicating with people is, is bang on. Thank you. And that's that's a, I take that as a real compliment because it, it is really hard in our industry where everybody talks about community to actually say in a way that sounds fresh and engaging and exciting and different and compelling. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, I really appreciate that. And yeah, you know, the, the brand has um, just evolved in a really exciting way um, over the past few years. So I think that's probably, you know, one of the areas that we are the most, the most proud about. Yeah. And do you think that your, the values that underpin your brand are, are you conscious of those as you grow? It was that, was that a conscious thing to make sure that they underpin everything that you do in, in, in terms of, you know, not going to explore. I mean, you've basically doubled in 2019, which is still pretty great, but you know, not avoiding that we work type of, of situation and brand and potentially some negative connotations that come with that. Is that, is, is that a conscious decision on your part? Yeah, I mean, our values, you'll remember back from the Clerkenwell days, when it was a, you know, our first building with, with only 40 people in it, it was mm -hmm. really easy for Andrew and I to get to know all of the members and to really try and help wherever we can. Um, so we had a lot of agencies, as you know, and, and doing our best to introduce the agencies to business development opportunities or with the early stage founders doing our best to introduce them into the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know if we would be able to do that at scale because at that moment, that was a Gabby and Andrew role. And nobody mm -hmm. else was was able to do it. Um, yeah. There wasn't anyone else, so no one else was able to do it. <laughs> um, but we questioned whether, as we grow, you know, how can we find people that are as embedded in the ecosystem as we are? How can we find people that you know understand startups because you know they've built them, or maybe they haven't built them? But even then, how would we find these people to be able to add value to the businesses? So that was a big question mark, and I think that. We've, we've done it. So we now have a team who specifically look at ecosystem and growth, building yeah. our network, offering, offering services to our members, bringing our members into our expanded network. And Andrew and I don't really do that anymore. I mean, we do, you know, in certain instances, but by and large, it's not us. So, sure. the, you know, the thing is that we just wanted to get ourselves to the position where we had the right foundations to scale and that we wouldn't compromise any part of our mission um, yeah. by virtue of growth. I think that's a really important point in that you you have that kind of foundation like like you mentioned and, and I think this applies to a lot of startups who you know will have incredibly passionate founders and who potentially might not want to let go or think that they can't let go or you know can't kind of um, 
divvy out other tasks to other people because no one's going to do it as well as they can and and there might be some truth to that but i think if you've got the values underpinning what you do and you've got that foundation i think that that sets you in good stead because that trickles down throughout the new hires totally and actually you you make a really good point there and something that i said earlier this week in an interview was you know there are many people across the business that because we know we're so aligned with the values and with the mission and with what we're trying to achieve they can they can go out and and you know build that mission out in any way they see best fit a really good example is um our uh, our cmo was building a brand campaign that mm-hmm. has we we just released it last week it's a campaign that celebrates the achievement of our members over the past 12 months so under ridiculously difficult circumstances all the incredible things that they've achieved yeah. um and it, it's landed really well i actually had no idea um i mean i knew the kind of headline but i wasn't involved in like the detail of this campaign at all and you know just having that confidence that Gemma and i are so aligned in terms of you know the business and our brand and our principles gave me the confidence that she could just go out and do it and i knew that whatever she delivered I'd be on yeah. board with. No, so, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And so, we, you mentioned 2019. Uh, you know, you, you're probably sick and tired of it, but we'll, we'll, we won't dwell on it too long. But let's talk about 2020. Yeah. Um, and how that's been for you as a co-working space when everybody's working remotely. But then, I don't want to dwell on that too long because, like I said, it must be tiring for you. But then let's talk about 2021 and the new way of work. And you mentioned that you're gearing up for your best year yet, which is amazing news. So perhaps you could talk us through that, you know, the journey of 2020 through to 2021 and beyond and and how you see the future of work. Right. So 2020, um, as with everyone, just whacked us in the face from the moment that February or March just just arrived. Um, And I think one thing that we did really well was very early on, we identified that actually this was going to have a radical impact on our business and possibly not for the better. So very quickly, we um, turned all of our digital, all of our programming, which previously was kind of in place, member programs and member events online. Um, We did that in one week. We, We very quickly went out with comms to our members about how we um, we're making our spaces COVID secure and how we were there to support them. We very quickly also went out with our members and really tried to help them um, with their businesses. Obviously, a lot of them were struggling. And so we knew that this was a moment for us to step up and for us to step up the support that we could offer and help make sure that they would survive the period. So we tried to essentially pivot our business over the course of the past 12 months, knowing that not that many people were going to be still coming into the spaces into in an instance where you're not coming into the spaces, how can Huckletree still be a really crucial arm to your business and a really crucial support? Yeah. And and that's kind of seen us through the year, that coupled with really good comms to our members, really just making sure that we're communicating everything really clearly and, and um, reassuring them that our spaces are COVID secure, that our spaces are open, they've been open the whole time for members who have needed to come in, um, I think has, has seen us through the year and has actually, you know, thankfully seen the majority of our members actually staying with us over the past 12 months, which has been a massive relief yeah. for us, yeah, as you can imagine. Um, 
But I think, you know, that this is not to say that it hasn't been an incredibly hard year. It has. We've absolutely fought for every single one of those members that we've retained. We've sure. downsized the teams. I mentioned before in 2019, we went from 40 to 80. In 2020, we went back to 40. So we've had yep. to make a lot of, you know, really difficult decisions and, cool. mm. and, you know, really tough conversations. Team members that have been with us since pretty much since the beginning, we've had to let go of. And, you know, those are just really hard moments for course you know any entrepreneur and and it's yeah. ongoing you know but but i think that um over the course of the year i'm just really proud of the team like i think that actually what we've shown this year is that we are a business that is as innovative as you know other businesses around the world not limited to our industry and i think that we're, i'm just really proud of how we've shown up and how we've emerged fresh and we've got our new brand we've got our new um vision on what the Huckletree experience should look like going forward and on how we can show up and and support the the ecosystem yeah it's it's really it's really nice to see actually because you've you've very much adapted and evolved throughout throughout the 2020 and and so that that evolution some has spurned some opportunities i guess with the education on the career accelerator sustainability summit that you're yes. that you're talking yeah. about you're you're really kind of branching out and focusing on other areas and just, you know in, enhancing that community aspect which is one of the first things you mentioned so and talk about 2021 and you know what what you think the future holds um for your members for you guys and you know what what the future of work looks like so i think the first thing is that it's a, it's a really exciting moment for us and for our industry you know previously you had um a lot of the big kind of real estate institutions predicting how large the flexible workspace footprint would be as a percentage of the total office industry by kind of 2030 and uh -huh. i think that what we'll now see is an acceleration of that because where before a lot of the corporates were obviously taking their own 10, 15, 20 year leases, that, that, I don't think that makes sense anymore. And I think that what we're certainly seeing is that our type of customer has shifted over the past 12 months. So, you know, previously predominantly focused on startup and scale-ups, now predominantly focused on scale-ups and enterprise, yeah, which is, wow. which is great for us, you know, and, and will allow us to kind of continue growing, but, you know, with a different audience that underpins everything that we do. Yeah. So I think that is exciting. It's definitely been reflected in the sales uh, volumes that we've seen over the past couple of weeks, ever since Boris announced the road to life back to normal, <laughs> which is great. Um, and and I think you know that that impacts our vision of the future of work is that you know flexibility, sure, but you know really engaged communities, the ability to go into work and have. Um, a really exciting experience, not just within the physical space, but also with regards to the types of people that you meet and are introduced to, the way that you are offered opportunities to upskill and to develop, um, you know, your own skills. For me, you know, there's a there's a moment now for workspace to become much more exciting um, than by and large they have been in the past. And that's something that we're really excited to um, to be able to do. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, from a mental health perspective, the kind of grab a coffee in the kitchen moments um, have been lost. And, and I think that those kind of, oh, you should meet, you know, uh, Dave around the corner, you know, he does this. And, you know, those kind of personal interactions that just just happen by chance of by mixing around and mixing with a community is is something that, 
at least we're looking forward to getting back to and you know I, I think a lot of people are, are still kind of yearning for that definitely I mean it's not who are you going to talk to at the at the uh, coffee machine at home <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> my husband's I mean, great <laughs> there's, there's kind of these uh yeah cl- clubhouse has popped up and everybody's sort of yeah. doing these clubhouse drop-ins but you know I, I I'm not a huge fan myself and I, it's still mm. kind of the, the thing with those is that it's become sort of a bit impersonal and really easy to just drop in and out of them there's not really kind of much level of engagement I think and also a lot of them can just be sort of um like tons of bud, buzzwords flying around and not necessarily yeah. much action not much like doing you re- yeah <laughs> you realize how many people love the sound of their own voices I mean oh, I get it yeah, wow. I, get, I get it but uh, but yeah it's um I was I was very active on Clubhouse in the beginning and I've kind of not I haven't really turned it on for the past few weeks I just think that for me it reverts back to analog and mm. it reverts back to yes you can have we can have digital communities until the cows come, cows come home, whether yeah. that's social networks, whether it's audio, whatever that might look like. But actually, there's nothing like a physical community where I, I can actually see the person that I'm talking to. I can actually build genuine bonds, okay. and I think that that really lends itself back to why you know we are coming back to work. We mm-hmm. are coming back to the workspace. I think the survey that was released recently said that you know 60 percent of the uk are looking to get back to work now are we going to go back every day no i don't think we are i think we're going to have more of a of a balance which is great yeah um and 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 counterintuitively great for our industry but um but you know we are looking to getting back we are looking to rebuilding those connections to seeing our team members face to face i had an off-site with my uh, senior management team a few weeks ago we speak literally at 8 a.m. every morning, and we have done for the last 12 months. But there's right. nothing compares to when we're there in the same place and we're actually having those jokes together and having lunch together. And, you know, Absolutely. it's like you say, it's so spontaneous. <laughs> Zoom doesn't allow for that. Very, very well, I think much. also, you know, we, we had a client Zoom the other day and there's six of us on the call and, and you sort of get on the call and it's straight down to business. Um, and there's kind of there's no preamble before um the chat you know for instance if you're having a meeting in person someone might be like running late or i just need to lip to the loo and so when that happens um the rest of you just kind of build rapport and actually just have conversations about something non-work related um and whereas with the zooms it's like oh hi guys yeah cool right should we crack on and it's just kind well, of it's a little impossible. bit yeah. draining you know, and, Totally. And I'm sure you, like me, my calendar is literally, I don't have a minute to go and make myself lunch. I eat lunch at my desk. Sometimes I've even had to <laughs> go to the loo and do a wee whilst I'm on a Zoom <laughs> on <God>. mute. mute. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have done that a few times. Um, yeah, just make sure you're on mute. know that because I tell them. I know. But I don't have a minute. Our calendars are packed 8 a.m. until like 6 p.m. at night. It is just Zoom after Zoom. So there's no minute for you know, there isn't that preamble because there's no time. We've got yeah. half an hour, so let's just jump right in. Yeah, It almost yeah, feels exactly. awkward to chat about other things. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's what these things yeah. are for. Um, but cool. So, you know, you're, you, you're moving slightly from, um, you know, startups to scale-ups to enterprise, which is great for you. Um, but just on the kind of startups to scale-ups thing, you've probably seen tons come and go and maybe some success stories and maybe some you know not so successful ones is there a theme is there something that you've picked up from the successful founding team members that 
you can kind of share share with us that you think makes makes a good founder or makes a good team or makes a good product? I think that um, there was a moment a couple of years ago where we saw a lot of um, a lot of founders that were kind of like what what we what we then called startup as a lifestyle so they were kind of doing every single accelerator program mm -hmm. um you know but were they actually building a tangible business with revenue potential no um they loved the idea they were really seduced by the idea of like the startup ecosystem and sitting on lots of panels and you know mm. all the all the press interviews and whatnot on the podcast but actually not behind it not building businesses that uh, stacked up and we still see that and they're they're quite quick and easy to spot and but you know the majority are not like that the majority are founders that are genuinely passionate about the businesses that they're building passionate about the businesses that they're building yeah. genuinely inspired about the concept of you know disrupting or shaking up the status quo of the industry that they are serving um, and really want to build um you know a product that is that is more beneficial for um, you know, beneficial for all stakeholders and not just for the for the shareholders. So definitely seeing a rise in the B Corp movement as well, which is super exciting. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think it's just it's just a matter of like identifying the founders and the real passion behind their eyes and separating those that are in it for the for the right and for the wrong reasons. Yeah, the startup is a lifestyle. That, that's brilliant. That's, that's genius because yeah. I do see it. So um, it, it's it's been really really fascinating talking to you. Like your you know the journey and the the brand and the mission and and your continuous evolution, which is you know admirable. Um, I'm going to give you a chance to you know plug Hucklebury and you know what you guys do and sell us even more on on it and talk to us about the future. Thank you. Yeah. Um, look, I think the future, the future for us is is exciting. Like I said, big opportunity now for our industry, which we really want to position ourselves to be able to uh, capture as much as we can. Um, so, if there are any kind of you know businesses out there that are looking for a great community or great um, workspace to work from, check us out at hucklebury.com. We'd love to help, um, and we'd love to get you involved. Amazing. Cool. Hucklebury.com amazing thank you gabby yeah. it's been it's been fascinating chatting to you and guys if you need some amazing workspaces with a community and all the extra bits that go with it as we've just talked about get involved thank you for listening to another episode of launch base brought to you by born digital mission complete don't forget to like subscribe and leave a comment for more info and to stay connected off the show visit launchbase.fm